from the Carter Subaru Studios. This is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It's the third hour of the show. It's 9 p.m. It's 9.06 right now, actually. I hope you guys are having a wonderful night. We're having a blast here. It's Friday night. This is the last hour of the show. This is where we get to just let loose, have fun, and I hope you guys are having fun with us. All right. Uh, before we do anything, do me a favor. If you get a chance, go and download the podcast. Look up Kyra Nights with Jake Scorheim wherever you get your podcast. I promise you're going to have a good time listening to everything we put out there. We put out a lot of great stuff. Crystal Clear HD Radio. You're going to love it. It's great. All right. Now, another thing you can do. We put up a lot of videos. We've been putting up a lot of videos on all the social stuff. You're not going to want to miss it there. I've been talking to a lot of friends of the show and uh, posting it. So a lot of fun stuff there. Don't miss it. Let's get into it. Colin Cowherd. You guys know who Colin Cowherd is? He was slamming men who don't like Taylor Swift in their football games. I thought, I understand the point he's making. I'm going to play you some audio here. I totally understand the point he's making. I'm not a dummy. I get it. But I feel like he takes it into a weird place. And we're going to get there. We're going to play all this audio. You're going to hear all of it. So this is him starting it out. He says he has some harsh things to say about some men who seem to have a problem with Taylor Swift at these games. And he's saying that they're basically sexist. There's a lot of really weird, lonely, insecure men out there. Um, The fact that a pop star, the world's biggest pop star, is dating a star tight end who had one of his greatest games ever. And a network puts them on the air briefly. So who he's talking about, obviously, is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey started dating at some point before before now, (laughs) obviously, but sometime during the season. And then as soon as they did, what the NFL did was they said, hey, this is a golden marketing opportunity. In fact, they've looked into this now, and they said that she has added $300 million worth of value to the NFL just by showing up to these games. And everything she seems to touch turns to gold. There's another player who plays for the San Francisco 49ers. He has a wife who makes some special jacket, like a puffer jacket or something like that, puffy coat. Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany, they wore these matching puffy coats that said Kansas City Chiefs with the numbers of their fellas on them to the Kansas City Chiefs game. Now, it's because it's Taylor Swift, and she has more fans than anybody else in the world. It was this social media sensation. And now that San Francisco 49ers wife, who makes these puffy coats, she just signed a deal with the NFL. So she is an officially licensed NFL puffy coat dealer just because Taylor Swift wore one of her coats. That is the power of Taylor Swift. The NFL knows this. The NFL knows that Taylor Swift's fans are just as passionate as Taylor Swift is, as NFL fans are about the NFL. And a marriage of those two things, well, that's a match made in heaven. How could the NFL possibly pass that marketing opportunity up? That it bothers you, what does that say about your life? Judge people sometimes on the silly stuff that bothers them. It'll tell you a lot about them. When I hear this whole thing about Taylor Swift, I just want to watch football. Liar. You're lying. That's not true. A football telecast is not just football. In fact, the commercials for four hours before the Super Bowl will be widely watched. Did you know statistically in a three and a half hour NFL playoff broadcast or regular season broadcast, just 18 minutes are actual football? We actually looked into this recently. I think it was a Wall Street Journal article. I'm not sure, but I think it was, if memory serves. It's actually around 12 minutes. It's like 12 and a half minutes of actual football time. That's from them saying hike to the play being over and the referee blowing their whistle. 
12 and a half minutes of game time. A lot of the other stuff that you see is mostly commercials that you're seeing. You're also seeing a lot of just shots of the teams huddling. You're seeing some sideline shots. You're only seeing about three or four seconds of cheerleaders. In fact, they said the only cheerleaders they tend to try to make sure to get shots of just because it's so iconic are the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Everybody else they just kind of ignore. And then they say they also see uh, some B-roll footage of the coaches. I think there's like 12 seconds of coaches or something like that in the average broadcast. And we have the data. We have the numbers. You don't turn away. There's coaches cutaways. They show fans in Buffalo on fire, uh, commercials, reviews, 18 minutes of real football. For the record, about the length of five Taylor Swift songs. Listen to this. The New York Times measured how long she was actually on the broadcast. Do you know how long it is on average? 25 seconds in three and a half hours. Against the Ravens, it was up to a whopping 32 seconds. It was 14 Chiefs and Raiders on Christmas, 12 Chiefs and Bengals. Uh, Did he say Bengals? 12 Chiefs and Bengals. Uh, <laughs> what's a, what's a bingle? Um, so he says that the problem here is that Taylor Swift is a woman. And men don't get upset when they see other famous men that are highlighted on the sidelines or in the stands. It's only when it's a woman. And he has an interesting idea about why that is. Here's the other thing that strikes me. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Love him. Drake on everything. Spike Lee, Knicks games. Eminem, Michigan sporting events. We celebrate it. 80s, 90s, Jack Nicholson, Laker games. It's cool. Saw Jack. But a talented and beautiful woman is on the air. One who would never pay attention to lonely men. And it bothers them. So here's the part where I think, I mean, I understand that. I'm sure there are some lonely, weird guys out there in some weird spot on the Internet who are taking their frustrations out and shaking a fist at all of the shots of Taylor Swift on every NFL broadcast that she is at. I understand that. And he's not wrong about a very small percentage. I think a lot of people just find it annoying that we're supposed to care so much. Every single time I see a topic about Travis and Taylor there's a lot of it out there. There's just a lot. I think it's overexposure that people don't like. I don't know. I don't. I, I disagree that all of these guys don't like it because they're somehow misogynistic. I just disagree with that. But that seems to be what Colin, Colin Cowherd is saying. He then takes it into kind of an awkward place. He starts talking about the stats of lonely men who have no intimacy in their lives. There's a stat out there, it's kind of uncomfortable for you sad guys, that 50% of men never have real intimacy with a woman. That means the other 50% have multiple intimate relationships with women. What does that mean? 50% of men have no intimate relationships with women. I get that. But then he says that means that the other 50% have multiple intimate relationships with women. Is he saying like multiple women? Is he saying that these guys are two-timing? Is he saying that these guys are dating multiple women and they're not? I just don't understand what he means by that. And those ones that don't are angry and sad and lonely, and they are often misogynistic and resent women who didn't give them the time they think they deserve. Is that true? I mean, I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm not trying to judge Colin Cowherd here and say he's being ridiculous, although it sounds a little ridiculous. I think he's right. I think there's a lot of guys out there who find themselves lonely. They might even find themselves frustrated that they can't meet somebody special. I totally understand that. Before I met my beautiful wife, I was frustrated because I wanted to meet my wife. 
Now, I was still able to date women, and I was still able to get out there and and see what the see what the uh, <laughs> the I don't even know what it's called the market see what the women market was. I'm not buying these women. When I had a chance to meet my wife, it was a wonderful thing. But I was frustrated before I met my wife because I wanted to meet, I wanted to get my life started. I wanted to be in love with the person I was going to be in love with for the rest of my life. I think it's kind of a bad idea to lump every guy in there who doesn't have an intimate partner in and say, oh, it's because he's a sad, lonely, and then he calls them misogynistic. I just don't think that's true either. I don't think guys who aren't in relationships are all misogynistic. I don't think that's that's kind of a broad brush. We celebrate all these goofballs jumping on tables in Buffalo and cheese hats and men and men and Matthew McConaughey and Drake and Jack Nicholson, men and men and men and Eminem and it's cool and can I get a selfie and I can't believe I saw... And the young, attractive, beautiful, talented woman comes on for 25 seconds and you're bothered. Again, judge people by the silly things that bother them. Uh, the silly things that bother. All right. I think that's fair. I think you can judge people by the silly things that bother them. 12 chiefs and bingles, uh, bingles. Ah, that bugs me. Now here's, here's a question for him. though. I think this is a legitimate question that he should answer. It's not just men that are bothered by that. It's not a lot of women. I have heard from a lot of women who text into the show. I've anecdotally, I've talked to women at this very radio station. In fact, I was talking to Lisa Brooks about this just the other day on our show. And I said, we were doing a topic. Somebody has suggested that the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship was just made up as a marketing ploy. I don't believe that, but somebody suggested it and gained a little steam online. And so I asked Lisa, I said, do you think that's true? Do you think that this is just made up for show? Lisa, do you think it's real or are you a cynic? I don't care. Yeah. I could care less about this story. Now, Lisa, let me ask you this question. What? Why don't you care? It, uh, whatever. Honestly. Do you hate, do you hate their love? See, I, I actually, my, my best friend and I went away for a few days over the Christmas holidays and, and she was mentioning this and I was, I'm like, I just, I really don't care. Now, Lisa, I have a problem with that because we're all supposed to care. I don't a care. A lot. We're all supposed to care a lot. If you watch an NFL game, there's a lot of shots of Taylor Swift. So clearly they want us to care. I don't care. Are you sure? Yes. Let me tell you one more thing about the two of them. No. Please? <laughs> no. All right. Well, they're both really rich and they're both moderately good looking. Does that make it any more interesting no. to you? No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now, here's one more thing. I'm going to move on. But here's one more thing that I think Colin Cowherd should consider. Do you know who else doesn't like seeing shots of Taylor Swift at the NFL games? Taylor Swift. They played an audio cut the other day. It went viral or a video cut the other day. It went viral because a camera was on her. And Taylor Swift was in one of the VIP boxes. She's at the, um, I believe it was the um, uh, the conference championship game between the, uh, uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Ravens. And Taylor Swift sees that she is on TV. And do you know what she mouthed? Go away, please. Because she recognizes what we all recognize and why we don't like it. For those of us that don't like it. For those of us non-misogynistic people who don't like seeing Taylor Swift at all these NFL games. Because it's crass commercialism. And we're reminded about that every time the NFL does it. That's why they're doing it. Because it's worth money. And they want to make money. So they show Taylor Swift because they think that's growing their NFL audience. 
and we just don't like it. We just want to watch football. Taylor Swift doesn't like it. Is she a misogynist? Does she hate women? No, of course not. How could she hate herself? That's not the case. She just doesn't want the NFL marketing her, which is what they're doing, which is what I think people who don't like seeing Taylor Swift on TV probably are reacting to. I think they can still be huge Taylor Swift fans and not want to see her on the game as much as they're seeing her. All right, let's move on. Do you guys know who Secretary, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is? Lloyd? So Lloyd Austin was in, it's actually pronounced Lloyd. That's from Lega Ninjago. You guys should check it out. It's a really, really funny movie. So um, Defense, Defense Secretary, excuse me, Lloyd Austin is kind of in the middle of a tricky situation right now because recently it was discovered that he went to the hospital. He actually had surgery for cancer and he was put under and he was out of commission for a couple of days. The problem was he didn't let his bosses know. And in this case, his boss is President Joe Biden, that he was going in for surgery. So in the unlikely event that some horrible thing happened in the United States and we needed the defense secretary to be ready to go into the situation room with the president, if it had happened when Secretary Lloyd Austin was under anesthesia, Lloyd. he would not have been available. That's a bad, that's a big deal. That's a bad deal. Uh, here's some 911 audio. It all kind of started off with this 911 audio. One of his aides called 911 and said he needs an ambulance, but they did not want news to get out that Secretary, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin needed an ambulance because if they knew an ambulance was going to his house, news might spread and that could be bad. So they asked for the ambulance to be subtle. Can I ask, can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, usually when they turn into a residential neighborhood, they'll turn them off. Is he reporting any chest pain at all? No. Okay. Did he pass out or does he feel like he's going to pass out? Uh, no. Okay. And like you said, he's he's awake, he's alert and oriented. He's not confused or anything like that, correct? Correct. So, uh, he yes, they asked for a subtle ambulance. Now, we all know that ambulances are designed not to be subtle, generally. They're uh, usually made so that it draws your attention, which is why they add flashing lights and sirens so that people get out of the way, but also that they know that help is there. Uh, so, Lloyd Austin was talking today. He was talking to the press. I'm sorry, just the other day, he was talking to the press. NBC News reporter Peter Alexander asked him, he said, hey, if, if somebody else in your position didn't tell their bosses that they were out of commission, they would be in trouble. Why aren't you being held to that same standard? You were hospitalized for days before you informed the White House or the Commander-in-Chief of your condition and your absence. Anyone else within the military chain of command would have faced reprimand or even dismissal. Why shouldn't that same standard apply to you, sir? Well, let me just say that, uh, uh, thanks for the question, that, that we didn't get... <laughs> yeah, thanks for the question. Get this right, and as I said, I take full responsibility for uh, for uh, the department's actions uh, in terms of. What's funny is he says he took full responsibility for it. He was then shortly after asked, "Well, why did your aide? Did you instruct your aide to tell the uh, the ambulance to be subtle?" And he said, "No, no, no, I didn't do that." You went to the hospital on December twenty second. Was your staff aware that you'd gone to the hospital? And if so, why didn't they tell the White House? He went back to the hospital on January 1st, and an aide told the dispatcher, uh, when the ambulance arrives, no lights, no sirens. Did you direct the aide to say that? I asked uh, 
my assistant to call the ambulance. I did not direct him uh, to do anything further than just call the ambulance. Wait a minute. He just said a second ago he takes full responsibility. Uh, and so what he said uh, and why he said it, I think that should come out in the, in the review as well. So. What about December 22nd when you went to the hospital the first time? Was the staff aware? And if so, why didn't they tell the White House? When, when I went to the hospital on December 22nd, uh, it was, I went in for that procedure. Uh, my duties were transferred to the deputy. That was planned, and, uh, and I decided to stay in the hospital overnight. Didn't have to, decided to stay there overnight uh, because of the anesthesia that was involved. Uh, and then the next day, later in the afternoon, early evening, we transferred uh, authorities back. Well, he's doing fine. He's out of surgery, obviously. He's in front of the uh, the press there, and everything seems to be good. They are doing that review. We're going to see what happens, but you got to tell people what you're doing, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Lloyd. All right. We have a ton of great stuff coming up tonight, including next. I'm going to talk to a parent. I'm going to talk to Nate Connors, Nate the Great Connors, who is also a parent, just like me. And just like me, he has to look down the road at what the future is going to be with technology. And he has to ask himself, how am I going to protect my kids from technology? That's a question that they were asking tech CEOs in front of a Senate hearing just recently. I'm going to play you some of that audio. Mark Zuckerberg from Meta slash Facebook said something that I think you're probably going to disagree with. And then I'm going to ask Nate about it. We have all of that coming up next. You're not going to want to miss any of it. We're going to be right back here on Kyra Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have one of my favorite guests on. He's a good friend. I work with him here at the station. You know him from traffic on the afternoon shows. Of course, Nate the Great Connors. Nate, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. I think the last time we talked... It was about something in Alaska, maybe? Yeah, probably. Something like that. A UFO or Bigfoot or UFO, something. Just something Bigfoot. absurd. Something important. Today actually <laughs> is an important topic, and I want to get your opinion because you have a uh, you have a teenage kid, right? Well, uh, 10, actually. Ten, okay, so right on the edge yep. of teenage life. Uh, not quite on the edge, but getting close. Uh, close enough for this show. So uh, Mark Zuckerberg and a bunch of other big tech CEOs uh, were in front of Congress mm-hmm. yesterday, and they were talking to Congress, and Congress, like some, you know, some some uh, congressmen, were asking them questions. I thought this exchange was really interesting. Mark Zuckerberg says that he doesn't think that there's any link between teen mental health and social media. Listen to this. With so much of our lives spent on mobile devices and social media, it's important to look into the effects on teen mental health and well-being. I take this very seriously. Mental health is a complex issue, and the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse mental health outcomes. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He was then questioned by a guy whose name is Senator Josh Hawley, and he actually read him an internal study. I think it was from Instagram, which I think Facebook owns Instagram. Right. Uh, or Meta, I guess, whatever the company's called now. And he's he, he kind of checked him a little bit and said, well, your own study says that there are some huh. relating mental health things. And I think as parents, we're constantly worried about this kind of thing. Absolutely. But, so this was uh, Senator Hawley talking to Mark Zuckerberg. Mr. Zuckerberg, let me start with you. Did I hear you say in your opening statement that there's no link between mental health and social media use? Senator, what I said is I think it's important to look at the science. I know it's 
people widely talk about this as if that is something that's already been proven. And I think that the bulk of the scientific evidence does not support that. Well, really, let, let me just remind you of some of the science from your own company. Instagram studied the effect of your platform on teenagers. Let me just read you some quotes from the Wall Street Journal's report on this. Company researchers found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of teenagers, most notably teenage girls. Here's a quote from your own study. Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Here's another quote. Teens blamed Instagram, this is your study, for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. That's your study. Senator, we try to under, understand the, uh, the feedback and, and how people feel about the services. We can improve. Wait a minute. Your, own, da- your are- own study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls. You increase no, Senator, anxiety and depression. Says. That's what it says. And you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link. You've been doing this for years. I thought that exchange wow. was really interesting. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oops on his part, huh? So his own company has the email. Yes. The report. And it's not, and it's not good. No, it's not good. Here's the thing that I want to know, like from you as a parent, because you and I grew up in a a very different time than Mm. the kids are growing up now. They have the technology. Thank God. Right. This, this digital age is absurd. Completely. It's crazy. Like when we were growing up, our parents had to worry about bullies, things like that, that would, that would, that would follow you around at school. But it didn't follow you into your bedroom. Right, at home. right. And now parents have to worry about like this whole social media world, which is a very real, real world. Oh yeah, for teenagers. And how do you, as a parent, like you know, look at the future? And with your kid, as it relates to social media, is this the thing that worries you? Oh, absolutely. And thanks for asking that. Yeah, uh, you know, my wife and I are constantly monitoring his his uh, social media presence already. But right now, it's just mostly games. Sure. But what he's just getting into now is the headset where you can talk to people. Yes. And there are a lot of, if you will, strangers. You know, people he doesn't know who he's talking to. So that's where we're starting right now. We're like, you know, you got to be careful. You know, watch out for this sort of stuff. And really, you don't want to be chatting with people you don't know for very long. And don't tell them where you live and blah, blah, blah. We've got a list of things already. Yeah. Yeah. These parental controls that we're all trying to figure. And and again, technology sometimes eludes us because we're a little bit older than mm. these kids. These kids are all so smart. Yes. They all know how to do this, use this technology so seamlessly. It's just like built for their little fingers. I know, man. I know. And then we're just trying to keep up. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to protect our kids. Yeah. I've talked about this before, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I was talking about this on uh, uh, Chi and Ursula's show. They asked me, when is a good time to start giving your kids phones? Mm, Because the the topic came up. And I was like, you know. We're dealing with that. You're dealing with that right now. Right. And I said, I'm not going to give my kid a smartphone until they're at least driving a car. Not even when they're driving a car. Like, I don't want them to have a smartphone even when they're like 16 years old. So what are you thinking? High school graduation? Maybe. Yeah? Maybe when they're 18. Like, maybe when they're an adult. They have, like... The argument to give your kid a phone, mm. in my in my view, is for safe re- safety reasons. You want your kid to be able to get in contact with you if they're out with friends yep. and they feel like they're in an unsafe situation. Right. They might be able to call you, but they have dumb phones. Yeah. They, they can do all that. They, they're called like jitterbugs, I think, or, okay. or doodlebugs or something. See, this is new to me. And you can, well, they're made for old people, and they have really big buttons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are, and they have really big buttons. Okay. And they're made for like people who don't really understand how to use technology. Okay. But for me, I see that, and I go like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could force my kids to use these dumb phones, yes. not smartphones, because I'm worried that the smartphones, not only are like they giving my kids access to stuff that scares me, yeah. that I can't control as right. hard as I might want to control it, it also, we know 
is following you around. It's building a digital mm-hmm. profile of you that then that company is going out and just like selling to right. someone else. Yeah, it's, so spy, th- it's spying on you, it's spying uh, on you, more or less. And it's constantly asking us, do we have permission to look at everything you're right. doing and all the different apps that have open? Right, right. Which is weird. And, you know, I, and I know our kids already... You know, saying yes to all those pop-up buttons. You know, well, they don't bubbles. know the difference, right? Just they just want to get rid of it. They just want to get rid of it and so get back to their game or whatever. Candy you know? Crush or whatever. Right. Play these days. I don't know Fortnite. what they're playing. Fortnite. Fortnite. There yes, you go. Absolutely. So we've been talking about this with our kid, and I think we're going to get him a phone for his twelfth birthday. Sure. He really wanted one this past year. We were like, ten is way too, too young. young, buddy. And we convinced him. We said, okay, he finally. So he he suggested twelve. So we're going to roll with that. Nice. But yeah, you, with the with the dumb phone, I think uh, that's the way to go. Just for, the, for that exact reason, we want to be able to be in touch with each other, vice versa. Uh, you know, on a drop of a dime. Well. At a phone call's the, moment notice. The nice thing for you guys is because you've already expressed to him that you want to make sure you're, you know, watching what he's doing, mm. you can, there's a lot of parental controls. And I think the parental controls are getting better. Okay, good. So hopefully you're able to, you know, step in and, and good. keep him I, away from things that he doesn't, he shouldn't right. be looking at. I know. And then, of course, when he becomes a teenager, oh look at just block everything. <laughs> I have three boys now. I got one on the way, man. I got four boys. Right. That house is going to be... That's tough. Well, you should have it down by your fourth son, you know. I know, I know, I know. Oh, it's crazy. All right, that's Nate the Great Connors. Thanks a lot, Nate. I want to know from you guys, what do you guys think about this? 888-973-5476. Hit me up on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Do you think it's a good idea for kids to have phones? It seems like such a simple question. The answer seems so simple to me, and yet I see kids all of the time. I was at school the other day. I was at, I was at elementary school where my kids go to elementary school. One of the kids in my son's class comes up to him and says, hey, let me gar- grab your number. Now, usually the way this works out because my kids are in elementary school is one of the parents will send a note home and they say, hey, the kids want to get in touch with each other and they want to set up a play date or something like that. So the parents exchange numbers and like I'm fine with that. That works. But this kid comes up and says, hey, uh, let me get your number so we can set up a, a, a play date. Time to go hang out, play basketball, whatever. And he pulls out a phone and my eyes like shot open. And I thought to myself, whoa, this kid's got a phone and he's in elementary school. That seemed, I was, it was totally alien to me. I just did not expect that kids in elementary school were having phones, but I think they do. Like, I think a lot of them have phones and like, how are you parents dealing with that? Am I just paranoid and crazy? Am I just swimming against the tide? Is this a uh, is this a ridiculous thing to try to do to keep phones away from my kids? You guys can let me know, and I'm sure you will. 888-973-5476. You can also let me know on our uh, Instagram or Facebook or X page. Uh, look for me there. All right. We got a lot more coming up. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. Listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorehan. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I want to play you guys some audio. Do you know that Larry David says that he is no longer going to be doing Curb Your Enthusiasm? Of course, he's been saying this for years, but now he insists this is it. He really is doing it. He was on Today's Show. He was talking about it. Larry, it's your final season, Brad. Final we're season. Kind of, we're kind yes. of bumming. Yeah. That it's what? the end. Yeah. Bumming. Yeah. yeah. Are you bumming? No. Well, why is it the end? Yeah, why did no you decide saying, that? No one's saying end it. I think, you know, I'm almost ready for a nursing home. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's a little old for a grown man to be acting like that. You know? <laughs> Nobody believes me. I don't understand it. 
But people don't believe me. This this is it. If nobody believes him, this is it. He was asked about the finale. He, of course, he created Seinfeld. Genius. He created Kirby Enthusiasm. Genius. So how's it going to end? Seinfeld had a lot of criticism when it ended. You guys remember that? When they all just ended up in a jail cell. And they basically were convicted of doing what made them unique characters in that they were just self-centered and only cared about their own lives. And so in the final episode, I think somebody gets mugged or something right in front of them and they don't do anything about it. They just sit and watch and then they end up being arrested and then they end up being prosecuted. There's a jury trial and they go to jail. It is a strange ending to that show. Absolutely strange. A lot of people hated it and a lot of people said, all right, well, whatever, this is fine. So they ended up just sitting in a jail cell. Is Larry David going to do something similar at the end of Curb? He was asked about it. Another thing that you love to talk about, finales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you stressed out about doing this finale mm-hmm. and giving Curb a proper send-off? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, if I may be honest. Yeah. Say more about that. Which I don't like being, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was some... Uh, some to-do about the, the Seinfeld finale. Yeah, there was a yeah. to-do, yeah. So, so, uh, so we'll see what happens, yeah. Okay, but can you give us a little hint? Like, no, I can't. Why? No, I because can't. you no. don't want to? Yeah, yeah I don't want to. Just because he doesn't want to. He says he doesn't want to. Uh, he was asked, of course, because everybody's asked these days, how you feel about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Larry David had uh, pretty much no opinion, or the same opinion that most people have. He just doesn't care. What do you think about <laughs> Travis and Taylor? <laughs> You you've really got a nerve. Yeah. <laughs> you've really got, you've really got a nerve. You bring it out of no, that. By the way, I we I, weren't going to. I we used I used the S word once before <laughs> on this show some years ago. Oh, oh. I'm prepared to use oh, it no, again. No, no, no. In answer to that question, <laughs> and I think you know it's I don't give. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. A schnoodle. A schnoodle. A schnoodle. No, of course that's not the word he meant. Lisa. Also said something similar. She didn't say the S word, but she did also express, just like Larry David, she doesn't really care when people ask her about Travis and Taylor. Lisa, do you think it's real or are you a cynic? I don't care. Yeah. I could care less about this story. Now, Lisa, let me ask you this question. What? Why don't you care? It, uh, whatever. Honestly. Do you hate? Do you hate their love? See, I, I actually, my my best friend and I went away for a few days over, over the Christmas holidays, and and she was mentioning this, and I was, I'm like, I just, I really don't care. Now, Lisa, I have a problem with that because we're all supposed to care. I don't a care. lot. We're all supposed to care a lot. If you watch an NFL game, there's a lot of shots of Taylor Swift, so clearly they want us to care. I don't care. Are you sure? Yes. Let me tell you one more thing about the two of them. No. Please? No. All right. Well, they're both really rich and they're both moderately good looking. Does that make it any more interesting to you? No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So do you guys know the theme song for Curb Your Enthusiasm? This is kind of a fun little thing. You can take this home with you and you can enjoy this. You can share this with people. Uh, The theme song is fantastic. It's iconic. Everybody knows it. It's a great theme song. It really does like 
perfectly capture the feeling of that show. And if you were to ask me, like, all right, so what is the feeling of that show? I'm not sure that I would have been able to uh, express it as perfectly as Larry David did. Now, I shouldn't be able to because Larry David created the show. He should have answers like this. He gave a really good answer. He was uh, speaking on this Paley Fest panel, and he was asked where he found that music because everybody loves it so much. I mean, it's simple. It's not overly complicated. It feels a lot like Larry as a person, as a character. Where did he find it, Larry? So he asked. He answered that question. The music, which I think is, plays a pretty important role. Where did the, how involved, Larry, are you in that selection? Where did the theme song come from? I was watching television about five years ago, and, and uh, there was a bank commercial. I thought, boy, I love that. Where did they, where did they get that from? And the commercial ran for a week, and I never saw it again. And then I, 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 had, I had my assistant research it. I said, this, there's this bank commercial. I, th- I forgot the name of the bank. And then it became this whole, this whole ordeal to get the name of the bank and the music. And finally, she tracked it down. And, and I had the name. And I sat on the name for four years. I, I sat, I, I sat on, on the music and the composer. I just put it away for some time when, when I would need it. And then all of a sudden, when... When we started doing the special, I, I, I got a great piece of music I want to use, and boy, people really like it. Yeah. yeah. Isn't the music great? Yeah. I do yeah. like it. It just, it just sort of introduces the idea that you're in for something pretty idiotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great way to describe it. All right, uh, that's it for us, guys. I hope you've had a great night. We've had so much fun doing this for you guys. I love Fridays. Go out and have a great weekend. Have fun. Love your family. Have a great time. Keep a great attitude. Enjoy your time off. I hope you have some time off. And if you're working, work hard and crush it out there. That's probably more encouragement than you actually needed from me. But I'm happy to give it. I'm just, I'm throwing it out here. All right. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Night-night. <laughs>